Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. Now, to tell you people, I uh, I have an audition later today, and I, you know, as you know, I don't audition a lot. The last audition I had was the hand modeling audition, which was a very audition. You walk in, you show your hands, and you leave. Well, today's audition is, all it said was, bald. That's all it said. It said, bald guy. And I'm thinking, how do I go in and actually act bald? I am bald. It's not like if they tell you to act scary, you act, you know, you act like a scary character. So I'm just thinking, I'm just going to walk in there. I have to go home after the show and change into business casual, which I don't get because the audition is for being bald. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like that. I'm just going to walk in. I actually shaved my head this morning as I, I trimmed it up and it's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, but we, I'll tell you one thing that's not bald is my uh, guest today. Just like Brett Cullen last week had great hair. My guest today. Richard, you have great hair. Right, how, how you doing, Richard? Doing good. How you doing? Good, good. No, I'd say, do you, do you hear that a lot? You have that, you have like that rock hair, like that, that good, like that cool ass hair. Uh, sometimes, sometimes people say, yeah, I, I don't mind hearing that. You got to like it. I mean, yeah. so, so uh, I got to talk to you, son. Now you're from, you're from California originally. Yeah. Yeah. Southern California. And Palm Desert, I believe. Well, yeah, Palm Desert, but I, I actually uh, grew up in Thousand Oaks until I was about 13 and then moved out to Palm Desert. Now, now as a kid, because you're a tall guy, were you, were you athletic or did you want to act or how did this whole path start? Because usually guys, you're like 6'1", 6'2", I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So did you play sports when you were younger? Yeah, I did, but I was, uh, I was really um, not very interested in them. I mean, I did it because that's what you do when you're a kid. You know, you do soccer and then basketball and that sort of thing. But I, I, I was never passionate about sports. So, so what did you, did you like acting? Did you, did you gravitate towards acting as a kid? Did you watch TV or, I mean, what did you do as a kid? I no, mean, it's funny. I, um, when I was a kid, I had absolutely no interest in acting. I was, uh, my mom, you know, because we lived close to LA, my mom and grandma, uh, took me down to audition for Mr. Mom. You okay. Remember that movie? Yeah. With Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I had, you know, I had no clue what, what was going on. They're like, we're going to go do this is, I guess it was an open call. you know. And, um, I was very shy, so they weren't, they weren't responsive to me. And, um, I was, you know, frankly horrified. I thought it was <laughs> well, yeah, a ridiculous I, exercise. Well, I, I always think, you know, and especially if you're a kid, you know, if they take you to an open call, there's so many kids and there's so many, it's such a different dichotomy. It's like you have, you know, the kids who are just always on, you know, those kids who, and, oh, yeah. and, and there's adults yeah, yeah. now that do it, you know, you go into yeah. somewhere and, like say an audition and you go in and people you know are always on like hey, hey. And, and then there's the kids who are probably crying because they don't want to be there right and, and then the parents <laughs> there's i mean i mean i mean i've done background work every once in a while with kids and and the parents are the worst part it's like this mom who's sitting there and a the kid doesn't want to be there but she wants her kid to be an actor yeah and then they keep bringing the kids back and it's like 11 and, nine. and it's like, so you went in so you you had no idea but i mean it must have been culture shock to you yeah i was I, I had no clue what was going on and i they you know they come up to you and talk to you to feel you out and see how personable you are i guess they want a really personable kid because the kid in front of me he's one of those annoying kids that was really on you know and they wanted him <laughs> of course because he because until he gets on the set and they go god god what are you doing this kid sucks yeah yeah so so you go and so the the audition it's not it's it's not successful for you oh no no god no no and it wasn't and i and i frankly it didn't i could have cared less um and then let's see then there was one other that was you know the last audition my mother uh, took me on um then there was a later on when we were like i was a teenager my mom wanted thought we we ought to do extra work you know and i always had no interest in that either uh but my sisters did so my sisters did some some extra work i guess they liked it i don't know why i hadn't i had no interest at all what were you digging music or i mean you weren't interested in sports what were you interested in I was interested in hanging out with my friends, riding bikes, uh, normal stuff, pet snake, <laughs> you know, like I was just kid stuff, you know. I, I, and then when I when I got in high school is when I is when I found that I really, really loved this thing. Did you take a theater class or what? Yeah, happened? yeah, I did. I, you know, I mentioned I was shy and so very shy kid. So I took a, um, I went to my guidance counselor in high school. I said, hey. Uh, what, what, uh, what could I class could I take to kind of I'm, feel shy and I kind of want to 
overcome that a little bit. He said, well, you could take drama or you could take speech class. And I thought speech sounded terrifying. You know, that, uh, so I took drama class and, uh, and I was just really thrown off my pins. Like how surprised I was that I loved it. I, I, I did a play, uh, this was when I was 16, did a play that, that year in school. And, um, that was it, man. I, that was what I wanted to do. So you get you get hooked on it, and you love it. Yeah. And so now, because you're not too far from it. I mean, you were in Palm Desert at the time, I guess. And that's that's not too far from LA, right? That's like two no, it's not too far. It's hour, two hours. Now, did your because you were in the vicinity of LA, did your acting teachers sit there and encourage you, or did they sit there and say, you know what, you can go to LA? Or I know you ended up going to college. Yeah, I did. I did. Now, did you go to college for acting? Yeah, I ended up. I ended up majoring in, in theater arts in college. Um, but, you know, when I was in Palm Desert, no, no, no one was saying, yeah, go out to L.A. and, you know, do and I And frankly, I, I, I thought that might not be a great idea for me at the time. I wanted to go to college because, um, you know, I was, I was actually really, uh, I excelled at other things in, in high school. I mean, I was, I was good at acting. I, when I started doing it, but, um, I was a, you know, smart, smart kid. I did, uh, was good at math and science and that sort of thing. Everybody was telling me that that's what I should do. So it took me a while to kind of reconcile with myself that I didn't want to do that, even though I was good at it. I wanted to be an actor. And, uh, that's kind of what my college experience was about. Well, I think college, it's one thing also is I think college is when you go to college and if you go away to college, it's because I went, I mean, my college was an hour from where I grew up, but I lived down there because it's mm. like, like I'm going to college. I want to mm-hmm, live down there because, mm-hmm. because you, you get that, you really grow up and you really find out who you are because in high school we're so, you're so categorized already because you've known these people forever and college is a brand new start. So it's something different. And I think it's something where when we go away, we do learn that we're good at acting, but we're also good at this or good at socializing. I think it, it, it just encourages you in life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it, for me, it was a very valuable experience, you know, going away to a place uh, with a lot of, you know, hordes of people my own age. And you went to Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz. Is that yeah. the banana slugs? Yes. Best best mascot name. I don't even know what the mascot looks like, but it's one of those names. Oh, it's, here. A, it's a real thing, man. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's, they're, they're about, uh, I say average about seven inches long. Okay. And, you know, a good inch around. And they're bright yellow slugs crawling along the forest floor. That'd be a fun mascot to be. I think if you dress up like that, that'd be a good Well, thing. I don't think that Santa Cruz, well, Santa Cruz didn't, doesn't have like a huge sports program. I mean, they have, I, th- I think they excel at like tennis and some other sports like that, but there's no football team or anything. So, so you go to college and then now you graduate and uh, your theater, you said theater was your major, Yeah. but then you're also good at math and uh, math and science. So you're a smart guy. I mean, you're taking classes. So when you get graduate, when you get that diploma mm-hmm. and that cap and gown, then do you sit there and go, okay, I'm going to act? Or what do you do? Because at 22, I mean, as I always say, we're punks. We don't know what we're going to do. I mean, right. we, have, we have no clue. You get out, you can act. I mean, I did stand-up comedy when I got out of college, and it was like, but I was selling fax machines. You know what I mean? So it was a yeah. thing where you have to get that job to sit there. But what did you do? I mean, how did you start gravitating towards your career? Well, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, actually. I was very, uh, I had that very set. Um, but I, what I did though, first is I, I worked with a professional theater company up in Santa Cruz called Shakespeare Santa Cruz, and they would use the, um, the theater, the, uh, the theater arts programs facilities during the summer, put on their festival okay. and bring in equity actors and that sort of thing. And I was lucky enough to get a, a role for two seasons with them in their repertory plays Shakespeare plays. And, uh, so that kind of, I, I always say that kind of kicked off my career. And then, uh, I knew I wanted to go to LA cause I didn't, I really, I, I really knew I'd, I didn't want to be a professional theater actor per se, because first of all, there's, you know, it's really hard to make a living. And, uh, secondly, it's not my strong suit, uh, doing large venue plays. Um, pretty soft-spoken and uh i always felt the camera was more my 
forte. I think they, I mean, being on stage, you really have to command it. And, and it's also, and you're right, like I've, I've talked to a lot of people where it's hard to make a living and, and you, and you work your ass off. I mean, a lot of these places you hear, it's like they have, you know, Monday off and then like Sunday, there's like an early show and a late mm-hmm. show or Saturday. And, and it's, and it has to be, I mean, you must have, has to have a lot of stamina just because you're always performing and you're in, and if you're the lead, you're on the stage for usually almost two hours. So it must have been as, yeah. a, as someone young, and as you said, you're soft-spoken, it must be like, well, wait a second, this, this, this isn't my gig. Well, it's 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 not that I I did it, and I did it well. It's just, it's it's not my, it, it was a, it was a challenge for me it was a, it was a struggle for me to because you have to you have to project your voice and you have, and everything is bigger than right. uh than in, on on camera the camera picks up every nuance uh, on stage you have to present it especially in a big venue and uh the 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 many shows i i enjoyed actually now uh, so so you decide you're not going to do theater you're going to move to la yeah yeah so so I, I come down here immediately after uh, my senior year in college, and then my uh, and then the sh- summer with Shakespeare Santa Cruz, and uh, and I I moved in with my stepbrother, who lived in Sherman Oaks, uh, and he he uh, he gave me a he, I slept actually slept I put my bed up on top of a closet. He had vaulted ceilings in his apartment, a two bedroom apartment, but he wanted he did didn't want to give up the entire second bedroom so so uh i actually slept on the ledge so wait, 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 you, on you, top of his closet which is about the width of a, a full-size bed and so and then you had to climb up yeah 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 just, well we went to home depot we bought some wood made a ladder why didn't you want you to have the second bedroom i mean it's, it's like it's like is it like know, want, <laughs> well, i wasn't really it's not like i was really paying him a, a large amount of rent either so so, it so, was a, you know, I, I was, it was actually not bad. I mean, it sounds weird sleeping on a ledge. It was well, we did that bad. in college. We used to back in like a, when I was in college, a big thing was you would stack up milk cartons. Like you would go to like the, there was a grocery store up in the shop right near my uh-huh. school, and you would get the uh, milk, the milk cartons, put the milk in, not milk cartons, milk crates. Yeah, the crates. And you would stock up, stock up like seven of them. And then you put your uh, bed on top of it. It was like a bunk bed, and it made more room in the room. Right. But I always think that poor, that poor grocery store, because you'd have a bunch of drunk college kids going oh, yeah. out stealing the milk crates. Their milk yeah. crates. So they, they're probably going, wait a second, we had like seventy milk crates. Yeah. Now we have two. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're in Sherman Oaks, and now you're, you're, you know, you want to do this. So mm-hmm. now, what is your steps? Do you sit there? You start looking for an agent. Do you start? Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you, where do you start? Because you, first of all, you have a degree, and you have, you have talent. And so, you know, you're in the right direction. You're a good looking guy. So you have a few things going for you. It's not like, you know, someone who has no talent, who's bald. And, you know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like people, you know, how, not me, I have talent, but I'm bald. But you know what I'm talking about? People yeah, come down and they yeah. have this, this, this dream that they're going to be this big star and they get their head shot. And it looks nothing like them and stuff like that. Right. You, you have, you have a path to go on. So is it easy for you to get an agent or did it take a while? No, it took a little while. I, I, when I was in college, uh, I also worked with this guy named Lamont Johnson, who was a, he was a well-known director in LA. And when he retired, he moved up to Carmel and then, uh, taught a class at UC Santa Cruz, which I took. So when I came down here, he said, uh, I asked him if he could recommend some agents and he recommended a couple. And so I got, I got a one, uh, his name is Sid Levine, great guy. And, um, so I worked with him for a while. That's where I started out. Now, are you taking classes when you come yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, of course. So you keep now. Now, how how does you know as as an actor? Well, I think because you because you were you went through school and you you know you, you can tell if someone's full of crap or not because there's a lot of teachers that are full of crap. But there's a ton of amazing yeah. teachers. How did did you talk to people you knew and said, hey, you know, how did you find the right teacher? Because it must be hard, especially being young and not sure which path you want to take. Was it a hard t- road for you? Well, it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I never found the teacher never that, that you that you liked i i liked some of them sure but uh one one good teacher i had moved away um but i really never i really never found a teacher that really that i really clicked with i did so I mean, so i i eventually quit taking classes so okay so wait, you sit there so you have an agent mm-hmm. you're taking some classes but you're not really digging the classes scene 
No, no, I was into it. I was really. But into you it. didn't really find anyone you gelled with. I was, yeah, that's right. So now, now, do you sit there now? When do you start going out for auditions? Oh uh, well, pretty much right away. I I went out. Uh, I was doing a lot of commercial auditions and some um, some theatrical auditions, and uh, I did a play uh, that my that my friend Lamont directed in for Interact Theater, um, and uh, it was you know it was a it was a road. It's, now, a, it's like a it's like it's a grind. So now you were sitting around and you're booking some small parts. Yeah. And then then lost uh, Dark Angel comes along. Yeah, Dark Angel is an interesting story because okay, so I'm my uncle is a financial advisor, and he lives down here uh, in in uh, actually in well at the time he lived in Thousand Oaks, which was where I grew up. So he had some clients in the industry, and he said. I think he had an ulterior motive, but he said, hey, let me introduce you to some guys I know uh, and, you know, see if you can make some connections. But I think he was really trying to get them, having heard what they said later, get them to talk me out of being an actor and, you know, okay. do something a little more stable, <laughs> right? So so, so it turns out that I meet this guy named Chick Egley, uh, who, who was at the time was uh, collaborating with Jim, Jim Cameron um, at Lightstorm Entertainment. Uh, and I, I didn't really know, you know, I, he, I just was meeting him to meet him. And uh, he was a really cool guy. Uh, he, you know, had a, a big history with uh, being a showrunner on television shows. And, and uh, you know, he, he chatted with me for a while and he said, look, I got this, um, I've got this project that I'm working on uh, with James Cameron, it's called uh, Dark Angel, and we're we're gonna cast it, and it's, maybe in a couple months we'll start casting it, and uh, you know maybe you could read for it. And I was sitting there going, oh okay, well uh, I think he's he's probably shining me on. He probably doesn't really mean it, you know. Uh, but he he did, you know he 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 did. And he he introduced me to the casting director, and I read for them, and they liked me, and then. I uh, went to a callback, and, you know, after five auditions, um, there was a chemistry read with Jessica Alba, and uh, I finally got the role. Now, what's that like? I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's something, it's, it's, it's one of those stories, and it's one of those Hollywood stories that we love. You know, I mean, you said you weren't, you thought he was just, because we always think people are blowing smoke up their ass. Like, oh, yeah. I'll do that, I'll do that. So, so you do it, and then you're basically, you're new to the business. I mean. Totally you, new. I mean, you've had a few auditions yeah. here, and your uncle's when I was trying to get you out of the business. Right. Yeah, well, the chick is the one that spilled the beans. <laughs> right. And boy, did that backfire. <laughs> I mean, you think about like. <laughs> we got a good laugh about that. So you sit there, and you, and is it, what are you thinking as you're going through, and then you're. First of all, it's with James Cameron. And when you find out that it's not a load of crap, and not mm-hmm. only is it not a load of crap, you get through that first audition, you get called back, and then you get called back, and you go back. And then you read with her. As an actor, you, you know, you sort of must be, one, a little bit scared, just because, not scared, but just because it's something that, oh, you know, it's like, as I said, you don't have, have you, you haven't been in front of the TV camera that much. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's a series. It's, and, and Jessica Alba is the hottest name in the business at the time. It's It's a series that's, gonna do well i mean what do you what's going through your mind i mean did you just sit there and go my life is about to change yeah oh yeah man i i mean i i was like okay this is it this is it uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be working now you know from now on because i i figured once you get a television show that's what happens which i learned later that's not what happened. right but uh uh yeah i was thrilled you know it was, it was uh sure it was a, a intimidating process in some respects but it was fun and exciting and like you know auditioning for the network was interesting too i'd never done that before so it's just a bunch of people in the room and you yeah yeah it was like it was frankly it was a lot like doing a play a very very short play yeah so so when you find out you you get it what's your i mean is it do you do you go out yeah do do i mean do you go crazy do you sit there and go out and party do you, or do you sit there and cook yourself a nice dinner but it's like you're you're on a network series which first first of all and it's one of those things where it's it's what well, was it pilot first or was it already picked up oh, it was a pilot first it wasn't already picked up but the, everyone was like oh man it's gonna get picked up it's james cameron are you kidding uh but yeah i saw i celebrated i went to uh, i was living in a studio apartment in hollywood took myself out to dinner at this uh, sushi place i like to go um, but it wasn't no i was, wasn't a big party animal 
where was where was the studio at? Because I lived in a studio apartment in Hollywood oh, yeah. on, years ago. Cherokee. Okay, I was on Leland, which uh. was behind. There used to be a McDonald's uh, on Hollywood and Hi- yeah, Sunset yeah, Highland. Yeah, yeah. I was a block right behind. Oh, you were my neighbor. And man. I paid three eighty five. Oh man, I paid like. I don't know what I paid, like 400 something. <laughs> Wasn't it crazy? Like awesome. now, now those studios go for like, I can imagine that because Cherokee's building up and you, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. That, that was the good days. And you, yeah, you, you could live for nope. Oh yeah. That was the good days. Wishing that I had the money I have now back then. Right. <laughs> I know. It's like, damn, yeah. it's like I could rent, I could rent three studios and knock the walls out. Yeah, totally. Cool no, apartment. but buy, buy something. I mean, right. Back then was the time to buy stuff in yeah, LA. True. So, so you you get you get the you get the dark age, mm-hmm. and so now you're going to be on TV. So you're shooting, you know, and it's uh it's a uh, first seasons ago. So you find out the pilots picked up. Yeah. And now you're sitting there going, you know, you have a lot. I mean, it's what? How many episodes? Twenty. Twenty two. Okay, so you have twenty two episodes. You have a little money coming in. Mm-hmm. You got to be happy. And you sit there, and all of a oh, sudden, oh man, I was like, oh, I'm. I'm I'm rich, right? But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really that much money. Yeah, but it's still it's, <laughs> it's more it's more, yeah. <laughs> more than what you're used to. So so you get that, and now the show, people like it. Yeah. And so now, how does your life change? Because you're in it, and you play a guy named Sketchy. Why they call you Sketchy? Do you ever do you ever find out why? I think it's is you know descriptive of 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 the personality of the guy. So that's just great. It's like, hey, you're Sketchy. That's yeah. Now now because his real name. Okay, his real name was Calvin Simon Theodore. And they so Simon turned to sketchy. Calvin Theodore is a good name though. Yeah, but it, you know, you know it's it's the chipmunk. Oh god, you're right Damn, I didn't get that. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even get that. So now you get this show and people are watching. Now, how does your life change because first of all, it's also cuz you're a good-looking guy, so you probably all of a sudden go into that heart. I mean, you know how women are. They're probably like and there wasn't social media then, thank yeah. God. But, I mean, it must have been, I mean, your life must have been changing with people must have just been wanting to meet you. I mean, what was it like? Because people were watching the show, and Jessica Abba was this big star. And, I mean, you're a young guy. I mean, how does your life change at that point? Well, first of all, it changed because I moved to Vancouver. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's the... where we shot it, uh, in, in Canada. And, um, and I just moved. I was like, oh. I'll pack all my shit in my car and move. And I bought I, I bought a, a Trans Am. <laughs> That's what, what I drove up there. What color? It was black. I, black with red interior. It did, awesome. did, did it have any logos in the front of the bus? Oh, it wasn't yeah. like was yeah, it the, the I Rock or no the bird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that yeah. was that was that's a trans way. Is that the is that is that the I Rock? No. No, the I Rock's a Camaro. It okay. looks very similar, the, but the Trans Am, but there was a name. Wasn't there a name for the Trans Am with the bird? No, it was called the Trans Am. Okay. The Firebird was the car. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah. so you got that. So now you're living life, man. You're, yeah. you're you got your stuff in your you got your stuff in your car. You drive to Canada and you move to Vancouver. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I'm living in Vancouver and in this completely, you know, completely off my pins, doing this show and uh, having a great time, by the way. And you know, things were just. The, the thing that really threw me, though, was that that I thought, for some reason, and looking back on it, I don't know how I ever had this idea, but I thought that I would be working every day. But, you know, I, I was a series regular on the show, but I was not the star of the show. So I'm, I was not working every day, so I had to find a way to entertain myself. So, you know, I did a lot of uh, cruising around Vancouver, and I became really good friends with this other actor on the show named J.C. McKenzie, who's still one of my best friends to this day. And, um, and, uh, I read a lot, uh, I did a lot of, a lot of reading that I, books that I hadn't, hadn't read in college I wanted to read. Like what were some of the books? I mean, what was some of your reading, what you wanted to read? I was reading a lot of plays, frankly. And, uh, I don't remember any specifically what they were, but a lot of plays. Now, were you a Beckett fan or a Mamet fan or like what, what, what was your, whatever you would just read read whatever. Yeah. Uh, especially things that were. For some reason, I had this idea that I needed to read all the things were on the syllabus that I never got to okay. in the classes I took. <laughs> I didn't read half the stuff, I suppose. I used to buy used books in college so that things were highlighted. And I yeah. go, okay, I don't even yeah. know this stuff. So, okay, so you're in Vancouver. So you move for good to Vancouver. Yeah. So then when the first season ends, you're, uh-huh. you're still living in Vancouver. No, I came back. Okay. When the first season ended, I was like, oh, I, you know, I really, I, re- I can't just, because I realized I, I'm not working every day. Why should I stay here all the time? So I came back to LA and I uh, I got an apartment 
in uh, the Hollywood Hills. Uh, it was a guest house, you know, at, a, at someone's house up there on King Street. And uh, and I was here for the summer. Uh, I went and I went uh, to Spain, which is someplace I had always wanted to go. I went to Spain you know, for a few weeks, and then I went to Mexico. And then we heard that we got picked up for a second season, and it was great. I came back and went back to Vancouver. Did you did you get your old place back, or did you just go up there for a little bit? Or I mean, did you... uh, no, I got a different place. But you moved back to Vancouver. Well, yeah, I, I had place in both in L.A. and Vancouver at that point because I I realized that that's what I needed to do. Now, as the show as the show's popular, do you, are you getting recognized? And, and what's that like? And people coming up because especially out here. You know, it's, it's different now, I think, because because of the TMZs and everything, you always see everyone places. But, I mean, back then, I mean, I used to wait tables at Planet Hollywood, and when a star came in, it was a big thing, because mm-hmm. we didn't see stars on TV every day. What was it, I mean, what was it like for you to get recognized? And, I mean, any weird things happen? Like, anyone just go a little crazy, or do you get any free stuff? Or, see, people always get hooked up. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, they get, they get, you can get free stuff. I got, I got some free stuff from, like, like, a, like Nike give you stuff because you you know they want you to wear it and people so they, did, it, did someone it. call you and say hey man we're with nike we, we like your show do you want to wear this no my manager uh my manager also represented jessica alba and okay she went to nike and got all this stuff and so uh he had them send me a, a care package a bunch of nike uh paraphernalia that must be great you're yeah, sitting cool. there you get something you go oh well man i'm, I'm getting paid to do what i love and yeah. i'm getting free stuff oh man it was great it was was really a, you know, dream come true. So you 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 work and and then when Dark Angel it goes the second season. Yeah. And then now when did it when did it go off the air? Uh, that summer that summer after the second season we found out that it wasn't going to get picked up, which is a surprise to everyone because the rumor was, is that it was going to go for a third season, but it didn't. I think it was at a dinner with Jessica Alba and uh, Michael Weatherly. When we heard the news. Now, what's that like? I mean, because you're a young guy, and as I said, the series came out of nowhere pretty much for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got a break, and and you delivered. And a lot of times, it's always people say Hollywood. A lot of times is a lucky break. Yeah. But but when you get that lucky break, you need to step up to the plate. You got to show the goods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you you got this. So you got this lucky break at a young at a young venture in your career. Mm-hmm. Now, what's it like when you sit there and when you find out it's not getting picked up? When you think. I mean, that's the one thing. It's like if you sit there and if you're on a piece of crap and you sit there and go, we're not going to get past, and, and somehow it gets picked up. You're like, oh, but now everyone thinks, okay, you're definitely going to get picked up. How do you react to that being, you know, I mean, is it just, is it crushing or is it devastating or, or what happens? Well, I was, uh, of course, I was very dis- disappointed that it didn't get picked up, but then I was still under the impression that once you worked, everybody wants you to immediately work again, which is true to some extent. Um, so I was actually, I was kind of excited to see what else there was out there, you know, how much I I really did love the show and I love being on it and all the people in it, but I was honestly excited to to see what else would happen. Um, and, and I, you know, I did, I booked a pilot that, that pilot season. And was it a drama? Was it a comedy? What kind of, what what kind of roles are you going out for now? For like the pilot, what did they cast? It was a leading? drama. It was uh, it was called The Partners, and I played uh, I played uh, internal affairs. The head of internal affairs is investigating. It was kind of a it was it was a it was a drama, but it had a you know a little bit of a comedy edge to it too. There was some comedy, in it. um, and uh, it was a cool role, and I was really excited. And then that didn't get picked up, and we're like, oh man, it almost was so close, and so. You know, so then I kept auditioning and, and uh, you know, was back into the auditioning thing for, for quite a while. Now, what, I mean, did you go work at a ranch? No, no, I, I, uh, my, okay, so my wife now, my, my wife uh, at the time was, when I, you know, when I, after Dark Angel, I met her and we were like best friends for a long time. Then we got together romantically and uh she was having some uh she had to have like five surgeries and so we had to leave town for a while and uh so we made the decision to to uh, buy a ranch at the at the in the foothills of the uh, sequoia national forest 
and uh, we moved up there and you know quit the business for four years. You know, it's funny because there's uh, there's a guy named Mark Brazil who created that '70s show. Yeah, yeah. And he bought a ranch in Ojai and oh. quit the business completely. And he's telling me he moved up there, but then after a bunch of years, you know, and he said it's just well they were raising horses, and he said a horse died and it was so devastating, you know, just something where he's like, you know, could you breed, you know, and he he's back in the business now. But it's so, what, did you have an interest in being on a ranch? I mean, how did you pick where you moved? I mean, it, it was weird. Well, we knew we had to get out of here because right. of her health. So, uh, so we we were looking for places, and uh, we found we found this uh, ranch and. It was a deal, and we were like, "Man, we should do this." And you know, we were naive, and we didn't we didn't know what we were getting into, and uh, so we just did it. Now, how do you adjust after coming from? I mean, it's it's, it's a big uh, lifestyle change. I mm-hmm. mean, you adjust from being, you know, with your Trans Am driving through Vancouver <laughs> with a TV show, and now you're on. Now, how big of a ranch was it? Uh, five acres. So now, I mean, what was your day like at a ranch? I mean, I'm sure she was, you had to take care of her because she yeah. was mm-hmm. nursing left by health. But what would you do? Because, you know, you are pretty much a city guy. You were a college kid and then you were an actor. So you're in Hollywood and it's got to be, I mean, what would you do? Like, what's a normal day in a, in a five acre ranch? Because that's a lot of land. And it's, and yeah. you know, I mean, what would you do? And how, how did you keep yourself sane? Did, I mean, what happened? Well, first of all, the house was, uh, a fixer. Now, did you? Are you good at that? I got good at it. Okay. Yeah, that was something that I, <laughs> yeah, I trial by fire. <laughs> I guess it's a little in my blood. My my grandfather was in construction, so, but I uh, I got good at it, and uh, so I did a lot of fixing up the house and um, and taking care of the property. I mean, I didn't have any animals. Okay. Uh, but but my neighbor did. My neighbor was named Donnie Dodds, and he was the cowboy. And he had that's a real cowboy. Oh, he was a real cowboy. Yeah, (laughs) he had he had ten acres, and he had corrals, and he had horses, and he had he had 150 acres nearby, where he had cattle, and um, yeah, so he was he was a trip. He was an interesting guy. So so you you you're doing that for how long? You left ranch for for four years. Okay. So now, what point do you sit there and decide that your wife gets better? Mm-hmm. Thank God, well, that's a blessing. Yes, yes, thank you. And it's probably good because you dig it out of the city and you're sitting here, and it's relaxing. It's it's a it's a lesser key. I mean, anytime when you're trying to mend. I mean, I went through a health problem a few years ago, and you know, I mean, I live in Burbank, but if I lived in like a busier part of LA, I would have gone crazy because you because yeah. you you can't relax. So your wife gets better, and now do you decide? Do you you decide you're going to go back to acting, or how do you get? How do you take that path back? And it's got to be weird because you had. You know, you were you had a series, and then you left for the benefit of love, which is the most important. Mm-hmm. And then you come back. Like now, how do you start over? I mean, do you sit there? What made you decide to move back and get back into the business? Well, I, I, I still had the aching desire to do this. Uh, you know, and uh, and my wife is also in the business. Uh, her name is Jenna Madison. She's she was an actress when I met her, and uh, she's become a, um, she's a writer now and a producer and director. Um, so Jenna uh, got a call from a friend of ours who wanted to tell his life story, and he had a script and he and he wanted to turn it into a film, and so he hired Jenna to do that, and uh, and then and then I played a role in the film. Uh, it's called for the love of money, and that's kind of that's kind of, that was kind of our our bridge back to LA. So that brought you back in, and so now you're now what do you do with the ranch? Do you sell oh, we it? We sold it. Okay, so now now that so you're you're making. I mean, this is it. You're coming back. You got yeah. no more ranch. Now, hopefully, you still own the Trans Am. No. Okay. No, no the Trans Am <laughs> went away quite a while ago. I figure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, and it, once I always think once you're over, like. You know, get to a certain age, you shouldn't be driving a Trans Am. Trans Am you know? was in the shop quite yeah. a bit, frankly. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. it's so funny. Like, some of these cars you buy, and they always sit there and they always say, "Well, you know, you got to use our parts. You got to do this." And and mm-hmm. they're they're full of crap. Because I have a great mechanic in Burbank, and that guy can fix anything. I I saw him fixing an old DeLorean. Okay, you know, when mm-hmm. the DeLorean came out, I'm sure they said you need DeLorean parts. Mm-hmm. But if you're a good mechanic, you can fix anything. So so you move back here, and now the movie. Now, how does the movie do? Oh, the movie did well. And now now it's so. Was, were you excited to be back in a business? Oh yeah, yeah, I was really thrilled. You know. Now, I was looking like touring the time though. You also you had a part on the Dexter. You were, you were getting some mm-hmm. work. 
Yeah. Now, what was it like for you to start? You're starting from the beginning. Did people remember you, or did the casting directors? Did you get the same agent, or how did? How do you restart your career? Because it's you know it was you were successful, mm-hmm. and you come back. So how? Do, what do you do? Do you sit there and call your agent? And go, I'm back in town. Or, I mean, how does that work? No, they they kind of remember me as the you know the the goofy guy from from uh, from from Dark Angel, which frankly I wasn't anymore. I'd grown up quite a bit. Right. And so um so I had to kind of come back and reinvent myself and reintroduce myself to the town. And so I got an agent and you know he would and then I worked with him for a while and then I got another agent and I got a manager and then I booked the show uh, uh, Granite Flats. Which um, which took me to Utah. I've always heard, yeah. That's like everyone said when they went out, because they've had a few guys from your show on. They say when you're you're going to Utah, and it was now what network? It was it wasn't for like a regular network. No, no, it's for BYU TV. And now, now what what did you think? Okay, so so they sit there and you you know you now you're gonna get a series. Mm-hmm. You got to be excited. Yeah. And then they go, your agent goes, oh by the way, it's uh it's for a network called BYU TV. What, what's your first reaction? Like, do you think it's a college? I mean, what do you think? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I have actually, a lot of my family is Mormon. Okay. So I'm very familiar with the religion. Uh, so that wasn't, that didn't throw me. Uh, but but uh, I didn't know what, what quality to expect from it, but what level of work to expect, because um, they had no, there was no precedence from, from their network for this kind of show. Uh, so... So I just had a, I mean, I liked, I liked the writing and, uh, I liked the people, uh, and, uh, it seemed like there were good actors involved. So I, was, I thought I'd take it, give it a shot. Now, was it a long audition process or was it something that came quickly? No, no, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty brief, pretty brief. Uh, I did an audition on tape and then they wanted to see me in person and that was it. Those two. Now, as an actor, what do you think about the auditional tape thing? Some people like it, some people don't. I mean, it seems like it's going a lot that way. It's a lot more convenient because you don't have to yeah. drive anywhere, and yeah. now you can just send a link. But, I mean, do you like or do you like because you have a background and you were, did theater in college mm-hmm. and you had that background and you've tested in front of a network? Now, for being on tape, though, to start, how does, I mean, do, are you more confident when you just sit there or would you rather be person to person with someone? Well, it depends. I mean, I there there are advantages and 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 disadvantages to both. I like doing tape because I have control over it and I can do it as many times as I want to, and I can, you know, I I, I can find the best take. When you go in for an audition live, you get maybe one or two shots at it. Um, however, there is the live energy in the room, which is very uh, can be very cool. Uh, and there is also the the ch- the opportunity to work with the director or producers if someone wants to give you an adjustment, um, which you know you at home you're you're kind of flying blind. You you just have to make a choice and go with it. So you do this well. You get the Granite Flats, but before Granite Flats, you did some guest spots on like Mentalist and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Now, what was I mean? What was it like? Were you excited to be back in the game? I mean, because you sat there and then you know they're they're. They're big shows, the Mental Lessons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So was it an excitement? Because you said, even though it was a guest spot, where you just what, did you yeah. have a good feeling? Was it were you just like okay, I'm back? I mean, was there a certain point where you said, okay, I'm not the ranch guy anymore. I'm, right. I'm, I'm back. I mean, what 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 show or what booking made you? Was it Granite Flats or another show? That sat, when you sat there and said, okay, you know what? I'm glad I took that time away, mm-hmm. but I'm back and I can concentrate. Well, it was yes. Yeah, it was, it was around the time when I was doing The Mentalist in, the, in CSI. Uh, I was like, yep, I'm back. I'm, I'm going to do this again. We're committed to it. And that must and, be a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a little intimidating, too, because, you know, I had to re- kind of, like I said, I had to kind of reinvent myself and reintroduce myself to this town, which is uh, no small uh, feat. And it's changed so much. I mean, yeah. just for the fact that, I mean, like TV before, you're on a show. And if, let's say, we miss the show, you know, unless you VCR'd it, which people were a pain in the ass to set your VCR, you really didn't get a chance. Now, mm-hmm. your work is everywhere. I mean, you know, you can go on, on online and you can see it. And you can, like, we have our, my girlfriend loves TV. So we have, like, a DVR set. I'm looking, like, like three shows here, three shows. And I'm like, oh, my God, I mean, how much stuff are you, how much stuff are you going to record? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it, it's much, much, much more accessible now. So that must have been great also for you to get, recognize more when you're coming back into town because 
everyone can watch it at any time. Oh yeah, and and the fact that there's so many TV shows. TV has 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 changed uh, dramatically since you know, since the era of Dark Angel. There's so many quality cable shows out there, and and uh, and just the the sheer number of them, and and places like you know, which is what allowed BYU TV to 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 step into the marketplace. I mean, you 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 get places that go, okay, I've got some, I've got a great idea. I'm going to do a great, I'm going to do a really cool show. And, uh, and people are actually going to be able to see it because, um, there's so many venues to, to present shows given internet and cable. So you get granite flats and you have to go to Utah, yeah. which is, you know, which it's funny. I think Jim Turner, he wanted to move there because he's like, what I can get a house for oh, right. out yeah. here is crazy. But his wife's like, it's Utah. It was like the day he tried to pitch it. I think he said it was like, 20 degrees out she's like no 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 we're not going so you go to utah now you're on the show and you don't know what to expect but it, it has a good cast and there's there's a lot of good names in it mm-hmm. and so and it's for byu tv which you're not sure but then they know it's going to be 12 episodes so now eight eight okay are you happy to be back into that series where you can get close to people and be friends i mean is it yeah is it yeah i love doing television series uh, because it's it's like you, you you kind of develop into a very tight knit group kind of family in the atmosphere you know it, it ideally becomes a well-oiled machine and uh and frankly it's it's great because uh it's like a job that keeps on going so you get the you get the original eight gun and now how long does it take you to find out if you're getting picked up again or was it when you signed up did they say it was going to be for definitely two years or no you... no no well when we when i signed up they they only had we're doing the pilot and then okay. they decided to pick it up for the first date then uh after it after they showed it on uh, byu tv then they decided to go for for eight more so well, that's got to be great though because well, but during that time though in between you came back to la and mm-hmm. now are you out auditioning or, or what are you doing yeah. during that time because it must be the great thing that you know you had you just shot that so you had work mm-hmm. and then when you find out you're gonna get another eight you know you have work but what do you do in between having to work? Do you go out on auditions? Do you take classes? I mean, do you have, you know, classes? Do you do try to do some stage, or what do you do? Go on auditions, and and uh, and you know, try and I like to. I have other focuses because it, just focusing on acting all the time is not healthy uh, for the you know mental state because it's like you're sitting there, what waiting for the phone to ring. That's not what kind of right. life is that. So um, so I. I do. I like to do, I, you know, what I got good at on the ranch, doing construction work. So we bought a cabin up in uh, in the Arrowhead area, Lake Arrowhead area, uh, and so I was working on that quite a bit up there. And we were and we were spending a lot of time up there and going to the lake and stuff. See, that's cool. And it's it's just like the funny. It must be cool just to be able to sit there and fix stuff because like we have like our place, we have the landlord in it, and it's like the little. I mean, little stuff like a faucet. Can even figure out how to put this thing on the faucet. And You'd be go. surprised how 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 simple all that stuff actually is. Well, I did do that when I didn't tell my girlfriend I was mm-hmm. good at the stuff. And when she came out, she's like, "Oh, you know, I want these these shelves put up, and our walls are thin." And so she's like, "It's three shelves, and then there's this other shelf." And I'm like, yeah. "I don't know what's gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen." But then I did it because then you find out once you do it, then she'll be like, "Can you do this? Like, can you yeah, do this?" I'm like, I'm like, yeah. But so you, but no, like, what what repairs did you do to the cabin? I mean, what kind of things did you have to like, like actually oh, do, man. like hammering, like oh, new sure. wood stuff? I mean, and how do you go? Do you, how do you figure it out? Do you sit there and go, okay, I have to get this wood or this wood? Or I mean, it's 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 amazing because it's it's hard work because it's it's mm-hmm. not like you're making a model airplane. You're you're fixing up a house that you're gonna live in. If you screw up, it can leak. Oh yeah. Well, the 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 greatest thing about living in a modern society is that we have the internet. And you can, you can find anything, anything about construction on the internet for free and learn anything. I mean, I've learned so much of plumbing, electricity, woodwork. I mean, we, we redid the floors. We redid bathrooms. Uh, we did the kitchen, kitchen cabinets, painting, all, uh, you know, you name it, did it. So you got all that stuff done and then, you, then you're up there and then because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're living your life, you figured, you know, I just said you can't wait around for the phone all day. No, no. So I come crazy. back and audition, and 
and then uh, if I'm not auditioning, I spend time up there. Now then, Granite Flats gets picked up for the second season. Mm-hmm. Now that's got to be exciting. Oh well, yeah. So you go back, and now you're getting a good audience. Is it what kind of audience are you getting? Are you getting a uh, because it's not a it's not on a huge network, but you probably have a very uh, I'm trying to think of the word audience that is very into your show. It's probably a yeah. select audience. It's very good, and it's well, and it, the audience wasn't the, the the network wasn't hugely known at the time, uh, and this was one of the reasons for doing this show was to get their name on the map. Uh, but they had a huge a huge um, audience base. They they're they're in um, 50 million households. So I mean, people had access to the to the channel. And what was what was the reaction? Because I know you're on social media. Were people enjoying your show? Did they? I mean, I mean, what people were loving it because they they, they were like, this is a, a real breath of fresh air. Um, because the whole the whole the whole motto of BYU TV was see the good in the world. So they wanted to, they wanted to promote that, and they wanted what they they did a lot of market research before doing the show, and they found out that you know there was a real uh, a void in in uh in programming uh for shows that that family oriented shows that that were that the kids could watch without their parents being worried and that were was also smart enough for the for the adults to keep, to hold their interest and so that's what they made with this show and uh and people were really appreciative of it that must make you feel good too as an actor yeah. to be on a show where it's like as i said you know it's like i used to watch iCarly I'm not lying. Uh-huh. And just for the fact that it's, it's like, like my niece loved that. Show. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I flip it around. Some I think I think Joanne's niece or nephew, I mean her, yeah, liked it or whatever. And I sat there and I said, I'm gonna check this out. And then I actually it entertained me because it was a well written show. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, because there's so much kid stuff you can't watch. And you know, but you know, but for this it must be great because it said kids. If kids can watch it, 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 it opens you up to a whole new crowd too, a whole new fan. Yeah, in something that. I really liked the the idea that a family could sit and watch it together and have you know something to do as a family and 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 enjoy it and be really into it. And it, people were. Now, how many episodes was the second season? That was eight. Okay, so now then you got picked up for a third season. Yes. Okay, so now when did that wrap? That was did that recently wrap? The third season wrapped. Yeah, uh, end of 2014. Okay, so now now but then all of a sudden you have this show and you got 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, you're on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, between the second and, and third season, they developed a deal with Netflix. Uh, I think Netflix was looking for something to fill fill that void that I mentioned in uh, in programming, and and they, you know, Granite Plots was a great candidate. Now that must be great, also. Again, once again, because being an actor and for visibility, people attend to binge watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like someone will sit there and go, okay, I'll watch this show. And people are like, we'll watch it the whole series in like two days, three days, you know, but that must be great for you now because you know, you, you have a big part in Granite Flats and now people, it's much more accessible. Has that helped you at all? I mean, do you notice people who you thought maybe before wouldn't have had a chance to watch it, have watched it and yeah. sat there and, and given, talk to you about other work? Oh, oh, I don't know if, it, if it's necessarily been, you know, a direct correlation like that. But uh, yes, people have talked to me about how they have seen it on Netflix and probably wouldn't have ever found it had it only been on BYU TV. Now, do you, do you get emails from people who, who or messages that people do appreciate the work? I mean, do you get them a lot and do you respond to them? Yeah, yeah, we get we get messages on social media mostly. Um, about people, people dig the show and dig my character on the show. And yeah, of course I respond to them. Yeah. Now, now, how's it working with the same crew i mean because you're sitting there you go back like like jim turner is so different than peter murnick and they're all just different i mean it must be great because you guys it must be like going back to like uh college somewhat because you're sitting there you're in utah you're all the way from la mm-hmm. you go in utah and it's i don't know how long eight eight episodes so what's about you're up there for two or three months yeah and they, and they were splitting it up at first um the third season they did eight in a row in the first two seasons they were doing four and take a break and then do four now, what's that like? I mean, do you guys, I mean, you're on a set, but then some days they probably don't need you. I mean, like, what do you, like in Utah, I mean, it's, it's, I've heard it's beautiful. I mean, on your day off, do you sit there and just take a stroll in nature or did, does your wife come with you or do you go up by yourself? My wife did come with me, which, which I was happy that she did. And, you know, then I didn't have to, then I'd have her, she was there with me and I didn't have to come back to LA a lot, which would have been the case otherwise. Um, and she liked it there too. Uh, but one thing, what I did 
end up doing was taking up a hobby of fly fishing. My brother, my brother does that. Yeah. And are you good at it? Because it just seems like a lot of work. Like you just you, you're. No, I'm not good at it. Have you caught anything? I've yeah. caught fish, yeah, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's kind of a it, it it takes a while to get good at it. It looks relaxing though, because you're just in a stream mm-hmm. and you're whipping that thing, you know, because it's fast, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go fast to try to catch it, right? No, no, no. That's that's not it at all. It's 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 actually the the casting is is there's a slow kind of time. Okay. Into it. Because you have to wait for the line to get back before you throw forward. All and right. So the line is very can can get out pretty far. Um, but the relaxing thing about it, I think, is standing in the river. Just standing. You in get the, the river. big boots. You got those. You have waders on. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that's cool though. So you, so you're 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 a real outdoorsman type of guy. You know, you 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 have to remember. A bit of an outdoorsman. Yeah, I was a Boy Scout. Okay. How 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 did you get? Did you get up to an Eagle Scout? Or? No, I never made it to Eagle. I, I that's when I started acting. Okay. In school, and then I was like, oh, I'm into this. I'm not into Boy Scouts anymore. I had four Eagle Scouts in my graduating class of high school. Did you? That's pretty good. Yeah. I was sitting there the other day. Someone posted a picture, and I went, man, that's that's impressive because that's hard work. It, it's a lot of work. So now, now, when you were also in Hemlock Grove. Yes, just did that. Now, I have not seen that, I'll be honest, uh-huh. but I've heard it's a kick-ass show. It is. It's a really cool show. How did that part come about? Well, uh, interestingly enough, uh, that was... Uh, once again, my friend Chick Igley, who was uh, who he he started running that, being the showrunner of that show, uh, the second season, and uh, he called me up and asked me if I was interested in in doing a a role on that show. Um, the funny thing is, is I was in Van, I was in uh, Toronto where they shoot it. I was in Toronto um, doing a film, the summer of 2014. And, uh, and I, I was watch I binge watched the second season cause I knew that he had, he had, uh, was the showrunner and, and writer for it. And, uh, I was like, oh, that was really great. And I, I should tell him. So I, I wrote him a note and said, Hey, my wife and I are in Canada and binge watch your show. And it was really good. And he's like, oh, Hey, where are you in Canada? I'm in Canada. I said, Toronto. Oh, I'm in Toronto. Let's meet up. So we got together and had lunch and that's kind of was the, the, the seed of, of my working on Hemlock Grove. Now, is that, is that also on Netflix? Yes. Okay, so now That's an original Netflix. See, series. now Netflix has great original shows. I they watched Lillehammer, which was great, and just uh, I just watched Bloodlines, which was amazing. I love Bloodlines. And that must be great because everyone now is getting to recognize that Netflix original series are really kick-ass. Mm-hmm. So that must be great for you because I've heard people talk about Hemlock Grove, and it must be great just because, once again, the chick guy hooked you up. I mean, that must be great because you mu- that must say a lot for you. You must be good at what you do. Else he wouldn't sit there and go, "Hey, let's call Richard." Yeah, I don't think he would. <laughs> now, now, where did that shoot? <clears throat> that shot in Toronto. Okay, so now, what was did you did you enjoy? I mean, do you enjoy Toronto? I heard Toronto is a very cool city. It is a cool city, um, but it was cold, very cold. The coldest I've ever been in my life. So yeah, you grew up out here. Yeah, so you're not, you're not used um, to that thin blood. So now, so now. Granite Fun, Fun, Granite Flats is on Netflix. Hemlock Row is on Netflix. Now, what's next for you? Are you, are you, is there any projects lined up, or what are you doing, or what do you plan to do, or is there, what well, would you like to do? Hemlock Grove is, is has has not aired yet. Okay. The, the word, it's it airs uh, October twenty third on All right. Netflix. And um, and then, you know, the, the thing is about coincidentally, my wife got a her her film that. Uh, called Lower Bay, she was producing that and writing it and ended up directing it. And that happened immediately after uh, Hemlock Grove in Toronto. So she came with me for the whole shoot of Hemlock Grove, and then we stayed and shot Lower Bay. Um, and uh, she's in editing on that right now. And are you in that movie? Yes. Now, mm-hmm. now what's it like having your wife direct you? I mean, it's, it's, it was awesome. I love it. I love she, working with her. We we get along so well with uh and we creatively we see eye to eye. Um we have a very similar sensibility, so it's it's it really a, you know, it's not an it's not what you'd think, you know, husband and wife working on a show together, you'd think there'd be a lot of fighting, but it's not the case at all. Well, I think if you're on the same page, I mean, she, who knows you better than her? I mean yeah. that's a thing. Who know and who know I mean, I know we're guys so we don't always accept 
criticism, but when a mm-hmm. director is not criticizing us, if they, I mean, you know how we are, if they give it a, my girlfriend would give me a uh, suggestion. I go, mm-hmm. oh, what, what, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, that, that, you know. But it must be great because it must also help you grow and help your relationship grow because it's it's an open field of communication that most people don't have a chance to have. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think it's a trial usually working with a spouse. And... Now, now, would you ever want to do comedy? I'm not a not a big uh, comedy guy. No, never. Um, I. I do single camera comedy, single camera half hour would be, you know, something I could do. But I, I think sitcom is like, uh, it's like a foreign language to me. So what else is coming up? Any, any besides, you know, are you, are you, do you have any other movies coming up? L- well, Lower Bay is the most recent one I've done. And, and that will be out when? That will be out next year. Okay. So now when you have all oh, these. Oh, and also, oh, sorry. Also, uh, I did a film called Gridlock, uh, I told you in Toronto, which is. Uh, premiering at the um, the uh, Fantastic Fest, which is a, a film festival for uh, action independent films. Now, will you go to that? Uh, I may go. Yeah, okay. I may go. Now, do you have do you have like a fan base? Like people sit there and like I mean, do people tweet you a lot? I mean, you have you have like fifteen thousand Twitter followers, I believe. Yeah, maybe more, more. More than that. Yeah. So do you, do you get do you, do you actively get people tweeting at you? Yeah, yeah, people tweet at me, and they're mostly nice. Yeah, yeah. Ever... I haven't had any real mean people. See, yet. that's good. Don't you hate when people are mean? It, it really stinks, especially because you're you're doing work that's you know it's it's out there and it's good stuff, and it must be it must be crappy. Well, I have a philosophy on that. Uh, I I think that uh, you that people can say you know pe- people pay. It's it's like it comes with the price of admission that you if you want to be critical, you can. If you you know, as long as people are going to see it, I, that's that's what's important. I think. I mean, if people have an opinion, they should express it. Yeah, but when they're just mean, I mean, yeah, if they're I've just seen... being nasty. That's not, yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. And plus, you know, you're a big guy because you can probably kick their ass. You're one of those handy <laughs> guys. We just have a few minutes left. Uh, so, what, 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 what are your philosophies for? Like, where would the rest of your career like to go? What would you like? Just keep doing what you're doing and just be happy that way. And no, I mean, I'd, I'd like to do a, I'd like to, to do another television show series. Uh, I'd, I'd like to star in a television series i mean that's that's the that's the theme have you and your wife ever thought about collaborating to develop a television series together yeah. yeah yeah she has one in development right now um and uh i'll probably work on that if it comes to fruition See, that must be cool i mean it's, you guys seem like a good team mm-hmm. yeah we are a great team like really tight and really like it's like like the same person it's like having another one of me going watching and and so i completely trust whatever her opinion is and now what's up do you know will there be a fourth season of granite flats or you don't know no no granite flats is finished it's finished so now that must be that must be a bummer because it was a good project yeah yeah it's a bummer but you know it's the nature of television series they they end so i i kind of take it in stride it's like you know it it, some door one door closes another door opens that's the way well, I want to thank you for coming on. It was good talking to you. Yeah, man. Thanks and, a lot. And now give all your social media stuff where people can find you. I know you're on. What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter t- handle is Richard Gunn Inc. 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 Uh, Inc. Now, yes. do you do you do you personally tweet a lot? I do. Okay, so yeah. you're you're active. It's not like you know people just tweeting at you. You do tweet. No, a no, lot. I tweet every day. Okay, so like, what do you tweet? Oh, you know, whatever's whatever comes to mind. I like I, I have varying interests. So like, so I like to look at science news. You know things that I find interesting or funny. So so it's Richard Gunn Inc. Yeah, Richard Gunn G U N N I N C. Okay, well people, please follow him on Twitter. Go follow him and check out Granite Flats and Hemlock Grove, both on uh, Netflix. Follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I tweet a bunch of stuff, especially because my football team stinks right now. So I'll be tweeting a lot during the season and during the debates. I really go off because I I just it's just I have a blast. I God, I must have tweeted fifty tweets during. <laughs> the Republican debate because it was just it was just funny stuff. Also, uh, go to coopertalk.net. That's my website. There's over 420 episodes up there. You can send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net. I always respond. And if you have iTunes or Stitcher, same thing, one word, search Cooper Talk. And go to my other website, stopthesalt.com. That's stopthesalt.com. You remember when I had my health problem? I, uh, well, I wrote a cookbook. Uh, it's low-sodium cooking. It's 120 easy recipes. There's no pictures to intimidate you. There's no long list of ingredients. There's just stuff that you would have in the house. I mean, if you don't have cumin, don't worry. I'm not putting directions, you know, ingredients of cumin. So go to stopthesalt.com. You can buy it there or you can buy it on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. 
But if you buy it from StopTheSot.com, I make more money, and I sign it for you, and I'll send it out. So follow Richard Gunn, Inc. at Twitter. Follow me, Cooper Talk, at Twitter. Check out Granite Flats and Hemlock Grove on your Netflix. Netflix. I said Netflix. Look at that. Anyway, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I will talk to you guys next week.